Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, and welcome to the Big Lead, Big Stream Holiday Podtacular. This would be the second episode uh, of this particular uh, series. My name is Stephen Douglas from BigLead.com. I'm here with Kyle Coster, also from TheBigLead.com. We watched Anna and the Apocalypse, a movie that was uh, mentioned me for the first time like Tuesday, right before we did our uh, last podcast. And I was told it was really good. And it was a christmas movie so i said let's do that to start it uh kyle do you feel the christmas spirit yeah maybe a little bit and that's <laughs> that's a positive place that we can start i i don't know what we're gonna do with this one um <laughs> i i have questions about the person who said it was really good because i cannot imagine viewing that and having the urge to say to another human being hey you need to check this out this is definitely worth your time. And I'm not saying that it's not. It's just such an unusual piece of art. I'm still here after finishing it this morning. I'm still not entirely clear what the director or even the person who wrote the screenplay was going for, what type of movie they were trying to make, possibly every type, honestly, because it's kind of feels like the thing on Parks and Rec where they come together and all add one thing in the end, you just have this it was many things and some of them were good things and other parts were not exactly good things um what did you think after checking it out for the first time yourself i i absolutely loved it um but that there's a big caveat with that uh i would not i would not classify this as a christmas movie uh, much like Die Hard, this is a movie that just so happens to take place at Christmas time. Uh, it is, I, I looked up a little about the movie afterwards, and it makes a lot of sense that the, I think it was the writer, wanted uh, High School Musical with Zombies, which makes perfect sense. Uh, it's a musical with zombies. Uh, I would say first and foremost, it is a uh, teen movie. Uh, well, not really teen, but it's a movie about high school, about the end of high school and people getting ready to move on and their uh, complicated relationships. And then, then it is a musical. And then it is a zombie movie. And 
then it just so happens to take place at Christmas. But I, I really enjoyed it. I loved the music. Uh, I I will be watching it again. I've I've watched uh, most of the songs again on YouTube already. But yeah, not really a Christmas movie. So it's kind of the perfect movie to start with because it's still early November. There's there's no real reason to be watching Christmas movies right now. We're we're still coming down from our our zombie and uh, horror movie high of October, so this is a nice little bridge, I think. Yeah, I thought the songs were excellent. That's probably the part that I enjoyed the most. I feel like you can really hit or miss with these. Um, they were all upbeat, and I gotta say, I guess I'm coming to the realization that I kind of like these theater pieces a lot more than I thought that I did and with the musical theater pieces I should clarify like I know that you love pitch perfect and but for me it was never like this huge classic um my kids have been watching something called zombies which is from Disney that was very similar to this movie like very very similar it's deals with zombies high school singing like I was shocked to find out that two different movies took that tone obviously that one is a love story and this one is horrific um but it's really tough for me to understand this movie because the tone at the beginning threw me off from maybe like embracing it as i found that i got better at the end i actually thought that the relationship building and some of the death scenes were quite poignant to be perfectly honest um but the people the high schoolers don't seem to know that there's an apocalypse going on like things are happening in the shadows like you see like in a lot of horror movies, but there's a whole song number where the protagonist is walking down the street singing a song and like there's a zombie attack going on. Like, do we give the filmmaker enough credit to say that they were simply trying to show like the myopic nature of the teenager or was that just a total like weird misstep? I think I think it was. Uh, you and I both have small children. We don't we don't have teens yet to know if they're truly so self-absorbed that they would miss the apocalypse happening around them. But uh, based on like different parent corners that I listen to, I feel like uh, that might happen. So I think, I think that was intentional. I thought, I thought they made a lot of very uh, good choices of being uh, it was, it was a very self-aware movie and I thought all the relationships uh, were very they're very well done they're very seemed very realistic uh right down to the the uh the platonic best friend who's in love with his uh with his friend who will never get the chance and i don't know i i i was i was a big fan of pretty much every choice uh and i i really like the uh the ex-boyfriend and his the his friends and how they eventually made him more of a three-dimensional character towards the end. So I, I thought overall, they just, I mean, for, for a uh, high school musical zombie movie set at Christmas, I thought they hit all the right notes and I'm, I'm completely fine with it. Not really. It, it's, it didn't pass that, uh that test of like giving me the Christmas cheer, you know, uh it it was just kind of the uh set dressing yeah totally agree we litigated um die hard in the first episode and we're on the same and correct right side of history there much like you said i didn't really feel the christmas spirit except for 
the scene decorations. Like they don't talk about the holidays. What I do respect about this movie is it seems like they just made it. Like there was kind of a lot of like topical pop culture references. I know this is a few years old. I thought that was actually pretty cool because they were specific in their conversations. And I like when a movie about young people does that because they are talking about like young people things. It's not like so often we get the Dawson's Creekification of the discourse where it's like a bunch of $5 words um, that, you know, kids that age don't really talk about. I thought that this was actually kind of very grounded in the dialogue, if a little bit heavy handed in terms of like character development, the way that all the high schoolers are related to each other. And I think they're, teachers and parents too was struck me as actually pretty spot on yeah um the pop culture references were uh slightly dated but enjoyable Uh, it really set it and and one of the things that i didn't even mention um i mean i assume if you're gonna listen to this you're you're gonna dive in and see anna and the apocalypse on your own but uh takes place in scotland so the entire movie, if they're not seeing, it has just has those those beautiful Scottish accents. It's just so enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, no, I, I look and everybody who was on screen was very appealing. You know, mm-hmm. like they they cast it well. I I resonated with a lot of the characters and the two protagonists. You know, the just really good friends. Like we all know that situation back in high school. They were great. I really liked the performances and some of the ancillary ones, um, kind of the jock who turns into the hero at the end. He he was good too. He was actually kind of like three-dimensional where you didn't like him at mm-hmm. first, but he showed that he had redeeming qualities. Like these characters were not two-dimensional at all. They're actually pretty developed and a lot more developed than you would get in either a zombie movie or like a musical theater piece so it actually from that lens it was it was pretty impressive what they were able to juggle because this is not a terribly long movie thank god because i don't (laughs) think it needs to be longer but they actually kind of cram a lot in considering so much time is tied up in singing that the lyrics don't really further the plot they're more about how we're feeling about this yeah and and before we move on I just want to give a special shout out to the man who became the headmaster, the man with the spectacular beard, who was also from Game of Thrones. He was Thoros of Mir. Uh, he was he was a red priest in Game of Thrones, and here he is singing the entire song. And he was he was absolutely hilarious as he was trying to uh, lead his his students to death. Yeah, he was he was great. Uh, It was clear that he was kind of like the most dynamic actor on stage. And maybe you get that when, you know, you're older and you're working with some younger people. But I thought that he was great. It was great that there were varying degrees of like goodness and badness. It wasn't just like zombies, all good people. Um, Gosh, I I don't want to have a hot take here. But I'm going to veer us a little bit slightly because I was just kind of thinking about this. I actually kind of prefer what they did here to like what The Walking Dead has been since about like the end of season two. Yeah, I prefer I, I prefer this to what The Walking Dead has been since the pilot. Uh, I think the I think The Walking Dead, I I think I sat through six, seven seasons of it. 
I think they had a perfect pilot and they had a super creepy, awesome theme song. Uh, their opening credits are amazing. And it came out uh, like right before Halloween, whatever year that was. And I think they completely coasted off that. I think it's a lot of the same thing that uh, the the first Hangover, I think, is a little, quite a bit overrated. I think that we were all the when they look at the pictures from the camera roll at the end during the credits. And that is like the funniest two minutes ever. And I think that everyone got caught up in how that felt, how that, I mean, it's obviously a quotable movie. There's a lot of great stuff. Galifianakis is amazing. Uh, and, and it's got some good actors, but I think that, I mean, there's no way that there should be three hangover movies. And yet there are, but I, I think the walking dead really benefited from the same thing. And they coasted and just, I can't believe it's still on. I can't believe there's one, maybe two spinoff series right now. If they had started singing in season two, instead of uh, going after different big bads, I, I would have much preferred that. Since we're so far off track, I'm just going to jump in and say it was called a camel, a camel in Parks yes. and Rec is what, they term the, is what they term the painting where everybody works together on it and they create something that's uh, a little more complicated than it needs to be. Uh, where do we go next? I would say that like there weren't a lot of big names in this. Everybody I was seeing on my screen was a brand new human being to me, uh, which worked fine. Kind of the same thing as the zombies one on Disney. Kind of fun to see someone new and see what they do with the role. Um, so maybe in like speaking with you, I, I liked it a little bit more uh, than I initially thought, because I did kind of have a good time. I don't know how much of that is tied to enjoying the other zombie thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's quite possible. I mean, you're, when you're making a list of the best zombie movies ever, uh, if you put Anna and the Apocalypse on there, it's it's not because of the zombies who were just kind of, again, I mean, they were also just set dressing. They were, they they moved the songs forward and the songs weren't even about the zombies except for uh the the one with the hero yeah i the i mean it it was a, it was a good movie for all the other reasons than for than what it was there for for being a zombie christmas movie that's not why it's good it's good because it's a good high school musical and it just so happens there that's how they that's how they set it up all right, so before we move on to uh, some Hallmark movies that I'm sure you watched, uh, we should we should rate Anna and the Apocalypse on our very well thought out Christmas scale. Um, I, I think for a Christmas movie to be a good Christmas movie, it has to have a lot of things. It has to have shopping. It has to have baking of cookies. Uh, it has to have family. It has to have a gathering of sorts. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned shopping already, but this movie did not have much of that. There's a, there's a lot that you would put into a Christmas movie. Uh, so we will rate it on the 12 days of Christmas. Um, as a Christmas movie, uh, I'd probably give this a five out of 12 days of Christmas as an actual movie that I would enjoy. And I, if like, if this movie was on cable, uh, on like TNT or something every other day, 
I would probably watch a lot of it. So as an actual movie, I'd probably go four out of five. But uh, as a Christmas movie, you know, let's say five out of 12 days. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I think that I'll go a little bit lower on this scale because I, it, for me, it, it just didn't feel like a Christmas movie, but it was pretty good. So I'll give it four, four out of 12 days of Christmas. Uh, in terms of an actual movie, it's probably a little bit higher. So I would say it's between two and two and a half out of four for me. So like two, two, five. Um, but I feel like I'm being a little bit tough on it. It just felt, and I don't know if it's a knock, if like, that's the vibe that you want to be in when you watch a movie. It just kind of felt like I was watching a spoof or a joke or not something that was like, really thought out and, and had a backbone. You know what I mean? And I maybe I wasn't 100% sure that's what it was going in. I do get that. And for that reason, you get our Scrooge of the Week award. For, for I'm going to sweep this category. I can't wait. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure you'll come around as we get closer to the actual holidays. Uh, but before before we go for the day, I thought I would just read you some uh, some Hallmark movie synopsises synopses, and okay, uh, okay. see if see if you can guess the title. When Summer's mother Vivian moves in with her her mother and a young, her young daughter Chloe, her orderly, orderly existence is upended. Upon arrival, Vivian sets up an heirloom miniature Christmas village resembling her town, and tell Chloe tells Chloe it grants Christmas wishes. As Chloe begins setting up the figurines, real-life events seem to mimic the scenes she creates. With a little help from the magic of the Christmas village, the family will be brought closer together. And just maybe, Summer will learn to open her heart to love again. 
Can you guess what this story, what this movie might be called that's about a family with a magical Christmas village? Our Tiny Hearts. Ah, so close. It's a magical Christmas village. Okay, so they're a little bit more literal. Okay, I'll I'll consider that going forward. And and that one was on uh I think Friday night, and it stars starred Allison Sweeney. Uh, do you remember what what she was on? No, I know Sydney Lives. Sweeney. She was Sammy Sammy, I believe, on Days of Our Lives. Okay, the, uh, you know 90s. what? Oh. Sammy on Days of Our Lives was uh, was number one for me. Um, staying home sick from school uh, back in the olden days when you only had like three or four channels like I did, you were relegated to the soap operas. So you would watch them. Um, not proud, but you know, honestly, you weren't ashamed either because that's that's all you had. Uh, either that or like Sally Jesse Raphael, which could have the parental controls on it. But yeah, she was she's number one for me uh, in terms of... Uh, soap opera heartthrobs that co-aligned with our age bracket oh personally i was a uh carrie fan that was that was her sister i'm sure you recall uh she i don't i don't believe she is on any uh hallmark films but uh we'll keep her eyes open uh another another movie that was on this weekend uh when a holiday rom-com movie shooting in her town needs a costume designer carrie a local shop owner sets up in the role while working on the movie she rediscovers her passion for costume design and finds herself falling for brad the film's famous leading man what do you, what do you think this this hallmark christmas movie about people making a hallmark christmas movie would be called did you say something about sewing or garments uh she's a costume designer christmas Sorry. needles <laughs> No, I'm sorry. You're all you were very close again. It's lights, camera, Christmas. So good. Oh, I might have to watch lights, camera, Christmas. That is that's awesome. That sounds like a uh pop punk band from like 2006 that ruled. It does. I, I would I would see them open for Fallout Boy. I think they would actually open open for hits hit the lights. Oh, all right. All right. Uh Next weekend, next Saturday, uh, there. This this is a doozy. Uh, very short synopsis. Claire is an MI5 agent who goes undercover as the royal nanny. She must overcome the challenges of her assignment, like resisting the charms of Prince Colin, <laughs> while keeping the family safe at Christmas. This one's easy. Uh, Mary Poppins, only spelled M-E-R-R-Y. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, no, the movie about the royal nanny is called The Royal Nanny. <laughs> that That's available? That seems like it should be on like Apple Plus, like a prestige drama about like the Victorian era. That really does. That that would be like a uh, spinoff of The Crown about uh, raising uh, raising the queen's children. Uh, it would be uh, the discourse would be amazing. I feel like it'd be very problematic, especially if it really was an undercover MI five agent, and they made the, they made the spinoff of the Crown like an action movie, or an action series. Okay, one let's go back one more time. What's what's her cover again? She goes undercover as the Royal Nanny. So so the movie's called the Royal Nanny. So she 
Okay, but is it is it's it a suburban pro- commando situation? So is it to protect the royal family? Yeah. Or like what is why is she there? Like what is why why does she need to do that? Is there someone like in the circle that they think is it is a threat to the royal family? That would almost have to be it, right? Like what fact finding mission is she in in this role, do you think? Well, there are two main challenges. Uh <laughs> one is uh resisting the charms of Prince Colin. And uh, two, obviously, keeping the family safe at Christmas. So I'm, this sounds like a, an actual action movie. I, I'm looking forward to this. This is Saturday. Oh, I I really like this. Uh, do you want to go ahead and cast this one if it was made on a big Hollywood budget? Well, I mean, it, it's. I mean, it also sounds like. Uh, uh, what was it, Man of the House with uh, Tommy Lee Jones in the sorority? Uh, the Royal Nanny. You'd have you'd have like uh, Emily Blunt. Yeah, Emily Blunt. If this is a big Hollywood movie, I would I would watch that so many times. Yeah, that would be so awesome if they made an actual like action movie about this. And who's uh who's the the prince? That's uh Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I could I could do Garfield. Daniel Radcliffe. That's uh, he's having a moment. I don't know if you watched the Weird Al movie, but God, watch the Weird Al movie. No, I didn't. Let's talk about it. Uh, we'll probably not have a full discussion on it, but let's throw it. Let's throw it in here as a little uh, Christmas bonus in your stocking. It. What I heard about it is I heard that it's weird, like him, and I heard that there's some tremendous cameos in it. Yeah, all very true. Um, it's they just make up the story of Weird Al for a, a traditional biopic and just imagine all the different ways that the that the songs were uh, the way he came up with the different songs with uh, Daniel Radcliffe being extremely ripped the entire time and I mean it's like if Walk Hard was based if Dewey Cox was a real person um I don't know. I mean, it's super short. It has, I mean, it's hilarious. It, it covers most of the hits. It reimagines. Uh, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I, you're watching and you're like, well, I don't remember any of this. Well, that's because it's all made up. But, I mean, but they're, they're very out front about how made up everything is. And the director has been... Uh, very public about saying we did not research Weird Al's life at all, but I think Weird Al was also uh, one of the main writers. I'm going to throw something at you here on the end of this. I want to add that if you only know Weird Al from the songs, which would be totally, totally understandable. Like he's kind of this Renaissance man. Like he made UHF um, this cult classic back in the eighties where he had huge, editorial and influential control over it and it is straight up hilarious it's got a very early michael richards in it it's of a place in time and it was super weird and so bizarre and kind of like avant-garde where his songs can seem just a little bit silly like he has a real comedic touch and like a sense for how to do things on camera as well and that's preamble to say in a lot of ways he kind of feels like he was laying the groundwork or like his generation's version of Nathan Fielder. Maybe. 
I mean, yeah, Weird Al, he's insane. He's just so talented. And I mean, is there anyone that is more that is as universally beloved as Weird Al Yankovic? I I don't think so. Uh, he's never had a problem. He's like he's like part of the comedy Bang Bang crew. Um, he just he's he has a great sense of humor about himself. Obviously, uh, he's super talented. Just to to make this parody music, which uh, I mean, if, if you want to learn about like all the other things that make Weird Al tick and like all his the inspiration, do not watch this movie because none of that is in it. But it is just, it's a funny short comedy um, with a great performance from Daniel Radcliffe who gets to, who can just do whatever he wants. Uh, he was amazing as Harry Potter for like a decade or a little over a decade. And now he just goes around and does whatever he is interested in. And this was an incredible choice. And I think people are going to love him for it even more. I think so too. Um, it's just like when something on streaming comes up and it's like, Oh gosh, uh, for a younger crowd, they're like, who is this person? And they get to check it out. And he is kind of timeless. One last weird Al thought that came to me when you were speaking is we talk about the parody music and his spoofs. And I think that in 2022, like that's so ubiquitous. That's all social media is it's jokes on pop culture and it's twisting it on its head. And it's like what Weird Al was doing was kind of making these memes and he was doing these things that kind of, I feel like telegraphed what the internet would be, but we just had so few outlets to get that. It was kind of like that. And like before that mad magazine, he kind of existed as this counterculture figure that popped through. So it's pretty incredible that all these years later, he's having like another Renaissance. Yeah, I mean, uh, online, there was another, I mean, when he, I don't know if he's released an album since, but like about 10 years ago, he released an album and he did like, I don't know, multiple music videos for it. And I remember like every single, every time one came out, like everybody online was just like, this is amazing. I love this. And I feel like he got a lot of appreciation then. And then this came out and I think it's going to, give give the weird owl bump to weird owl and then i would it kind of makes me want to see an actual like super serious uh do or not documentary but a uh but a a, a biopic about him about weird owl and just actually learn it makes me want to read a weird owl book i don't know if one of those exists but it should because i mean he's super awesome and funny and interesting we covered a lot of ground today. Uh, most importantly, Anna and the Apocalypse. I think that we kind of both came to the place where you liked it more than I did. Um, definitely not a Christmas movie by our standards. Um, but I'll come all the way around and say, I'm glad I watched it. I thought it was really clever and there were a lot of redeeming qualities about it. Uh, and for another project, it would have made a lot of sense. Just maybe not for this specific thing a lot of people say they knew the assignment i'm not really sure that uh we knew the assignment or the person who recommended this movie to you understood the assignment uh no this is completely unprompted there there was no no one knew there was an assignment 
as just someone mentioned it on Twitter, uh, RIP. And I thought, oh, well, you know, we're, we're going to do a bunch of Christmas movies. Let's, let's check out a new one, a new old one. So whatever. I enjoyed it. I'm happy I saw it as well. And we've got, we should have uh, one or two more uh, Christmas movies up on the podcast this week. Uh, hopefully, if if I have to go to your house and uh, tape your eyelids open, I'm going to get you to watch the Lindsay Lohan Netflix movie when it comes out in uh, a few days. I, I can't wait. I've scheduled my week around it. So for Kyle Coster and Stephen Douglas from TheBigLead.com, uh, this has been the Big League Big Stream Holiday Podtacular, reviewing Anna and the Apocalypse and the Weird Al movie and some Hallmark stuff. And what more could you ask for? Uh, happy holidays, and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.